Our sponsor today is GLSA. For those non-members who may be dropping in on the call today, GLSA, or Group Legal Services Association, is an affiliate of the American Bar Association, a professional membership uh, representing the legal services plan industry and provider attorneys. And joining GLSA is just a good way for solos and small firms to increase their business. Check us out at glsaonline.org. Okay, my name is Tom Martin. I'll be your host today. Um, our teleconference today is about is called uh, Using Podcasting to Build Your Brand and Grow Your Law Practice uh, with Nicole Abood. And I'm very, very excited to introduce you to her. Uh, Nicole is the Gen Y lawyer, and she's a regular contributor to Forbes. She's an alum of South, Southwestern Law, a business owner, millennial speaker, adjunct college professor, attorney, and podcaster. Uh, Nicole, it's a pleasure to have you here. If uh, you could tell us a little bit more about you and what you do. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. You know, I hear myself. Is that normal? <laughs> I'll just keep going. Um, thank you for being here. And thank you for everyone who's joining us either live or listening to this on the recording. Thank you so much. I am actually going to tell you a little bit more about myself, but I'm going to save it for a little bit later. Um, because first, I want to see kind of who's here, but also kind of address why people are joining us or why people decided to tune in today. Um, uh, Tom, let me know if you can still see the slides as I'm moving along or let me know if anything happens there. But And just so you know, Nicole, um, the, the, the slides are coming through. It's uh, it's on screen share. And for anybody who's on the line, uh, you could click on the screen share in the bottom. It's a couple of rectangles together and that'll bring up Nicole's slides. Yeah, so that's if you want to follow along. But if you are just listening, if you happen to be driving somewhere just uh, through audio, it's going to be great just as well. So you're okay there. So I think the best place to dive in is to ask the question, why? So why are you guys here? Why did you decide to tune in? What about this topic seemed interesting to you? So for a lot of people, podcasting, uh, they hear about it. They know it's kind of, uh, it's out there. Um, it's gaining in popularity and they just want to learn more about it. So maybe that's why, that's one reason why you're here. But maybe you realize that content marketing is something that you should be doing more of to build your practice. And you want to find out more about this type of content marketing through audio. Or maybe you've realized that, you know what, you don't like writing, you don't really enjoy writing aside from the motions that you have to as a lawyer or whatever documents you have to draft as a lawyer, but you would prefer talking. So communicating with people orally the way we are now. So you know what? You're thinking podcasting could be an avenue that you can pursue. Uh, or maybe you're just thinking, I want to I want to market my practice in an interesting way, in a way that I haven't tried before. Uh, so let me find out what this is all about, right? So these are many reasons why a lot of people tune into these types of webinars or why you're here. But let me tell you a little bit about why I'm here. <laughs> so uh, uh, as, as Tom mentioned in my introduction, uh, I obviously have a lot of titles behind my name, but I actually used to be a practicing attorney. Uh, I don't practice anymore, but Rewind back to about 2014, 2015, I was still practicing, uh, but I was completely unhappy as a lawyer. And even though I tried out different practice areas, I couldn't quite figure out the right spot for me. I couldn't find a practice area that spoke to me and made me happy. So I discovered podcasting. Uh, it was an app on my phone that I clicked and I happened to kind of delve into and really fall in love with. And soon after discovering it as just a listener, I decided, let me launch my own show. Let me let me try this out because I think I've got a winning personality. So let me show it <laughs> via podcast. So I launched my first show in 2015 and it was called The Gen Y Lawyer. It was focused on young lawyer issues. So I wanted to talk to lawyers. I wanted to talk about lawyers. I wanted to see how we are all building careers that we love, whether as lawyers or outside the profession. So that was my first show, and it kind of grew in popularity because it was kind of on, uh, in the forefront of podcasting for lawyers. Not many lawyers were doing it, and it grew. It caught, um, it caught on. Uh, the ABA recognized it as a top podcast for two years in a row, and it helped me build my, uh, my brand as not only a young lawyer, but as someone who understands podcasting, who understands content marketing, and eventually it led me to leave the practice of law, which is where I am now and launch my business, Abood Media, 
which I launched about two years ago. So because of my podcast, I was able to not only connect with a whole lot of people, but I was able to build a name for myself in the profession. I was able to establish a speaking career for myself. And most importantly, I was able to leave the practice of law, which to me was a huge deal, uh, and build my business. So that's what podcasting means to me. And I've been doing it ever since. So I'm going on about four years now. So Everything we're talking about today is from experience uh, firsthand, but also from the work that I'm doing with clients and seeing the results that they're getting as well. Okay. So podcasting, I absolutely love it. And I'm super excited to share all this information with you guys today. So before we can um, talk about podcasting specifically, it's important to take a step back and talk about content marketing in general right? Because this podcast is going to be a form of marketing for you and your law practice. So we need to see how it fits in the overall scheme of things. So content marketing is a form of marketing that you that um, uses, as the name implies, content to build awareness and bring in customers and clients. So as the screen that I'm reading off of says, content marketing is a strategic marketing approach focused on creating and distributing valuable, relevant, and consistent content to attract and retain a clearly defined audience, and ultimately to drive profitable customer action. So this type of, and that's uh, a definition from the Content Marketing Institute, which is one of the uh, biggest content marketing blogs and companies really. So really content marketing is focused on the type of uh, content that you are creating. So these are ideas from your mind that you're putting down uh, on paper, that you're putting in a in a podcast through video and putting that out into the world in an effort to attract clients to you. So we're not focused on pay-per-click. We're not talking about backlinks or any other type of digital marketing. This is only the type of content that you are creating that's helping you build your practice and bring in clients. So there are really three major types of content marketing, three categories that you can participate in when it comes to content marketing. The first one is uh, video, right? So you can create videos and put those out there in the world. Uh, you can use text. So that is the that those are the blogs. Those are maybe the social media posts, right? The captions and the posts that you're doing. Anything that's text driven, that's content marketing as well. And then there's podcasting, right? There's audio. And as you may or may not know, audio in general is, is becoming way, uh, it's becoming more and more popular uh, for many of the reasons that we're going to talk about today. But voice search, so uh, devices like Google Home and Alexa are really emphasizing the importance of voice. So being able to uh, listen to uh, anything through audio is becoming the choice that it's becoming the, well, I don't want to say the number one choice just yet, but it is increasing in popularity in terms of how people want to get their information. So today we're going to talk about uh, the third type that I mentioned, podcasting, audio, in terms of content marketing. So for many people, a podcast is still kind of an unknown thing. So what is it exactly? Let's let's define what this podcast really means. Uh what a podcast ultimately means is, or what it is, is a digital audio file made available on the internet for downloading, okay? And it's not just on the internet. It's actually in many different podcast players. So we'll talk about what these players are later, but they are, it is just a digital file, right? So it's a file with audio in it uh, and it's made available on demand. So whenever you want to, whenever a consumer wants to listen to this, it's made available to them whenever they want it to. Unlike with radio, where if you don't listen to it right when it's aired, you miss it. Uh, and it's available for downloading. That's simply what a podcast is. And I mentioned that it's available on uh, for downloading through the internet. So it's true. It can They can be found on websites, but they can also be found in some of the most popular podcast players, as we call them. So one of the biggest ones, one of the largest directories that has podcasts in it is Apple Podcasts. So if you're watching the screen right now, if you're able to see the slideshow, that is the uh, picture on the left. It's the purple button, but those are for iPhone users, right? It's something that shows up automatically with your iPhone. It's a little purple button and it's for podcasts. If you go in there, you'll find all the podcasts that are submitted to iTunes. 
So it's that purple button. Uh, that is Apple Podcasts. And then there are a few different ones for Android users and then some more for Apple users if they don't want to use the Apple Podcast button. But some of the big ones are Google Play. That's where you can find podcasts and Stitcher Radio. That's another big one for Android users as well. So these are podcast players. That This is where you would find these digital audio files. So let's talk about podcasting in general. Why is it? I keep saying that it's gaining in popularity, but what are the stats to support this? And why, why do I say this aside from me recognizing the trends that are happening out there? So there are 67 million Americans who listen to podcasts monthly. And actually that stat um, recently changed and went up to, I want to say about 79 million. They actually recently came out with another survey with how, uh, of how many podcast users and listeners there are. So that stat is slightly, slightly outdated. But the point is that is a lot of people who listen to podcasts, right? So the chances of your next client being one of those people who is consuming this type of content are pretty good, I would say. And podcast listeners listen to an average of five different shows per week. So the reason why I decided to include this statistic is because it goes to show that uh, people who listen to podcasts, so podcast listeners are avid podcast listeners, which means not only are they sticking to one show, they actually have on average five different shows. Right. So if you're going to compare that to someone who's reading a blog, maybe they read one or two blogs. Right. Because that does take some time. But those who are consuming podcasts are um, are going through the directories and finding other shows. So it's not just so there's no fear of people not listening to your show because there are so many uh, out there. As a lawyer who's creating a show, there's a good chance that your listeners are going to listen because they're not just listening to yours, they're consuming others, and they are happy to do it because podcast listeners are all about this platform. 85% of listeners hear all or most of a podcast. Now, this is a really powerful statistic because 85, I mean, getting people to do, to read or to watch or to listen to any percentage of anything that you create is amazing. And the fact that it's 85% of what you're creating that people are actually consuming is pretty phenomenal, especially in this day and age when people's attention spans are so short, right? You can barely hold it for like three, six, 10 seconds. Podcast listeners really do stick it out and they're in it for the long form content. So as a lawyer, if you're debating if you want to start a podcast or not, and as lawyers, we all talk a lot, knowing that people are more than likely going to consume a good portion of what we're putting out there uh, should make you happy, right? Because you're not going to get that on many other platforms. So that's something to keep in mind. Podcast listeners are loyal, affluent, and educated. So uh uh, I don't know if I have a link to the actual survey that was conducted, but podcast listeners were uh, surveyed and it turns out more of them, a lot of them tend to be uh, more educated, um, more affluent. So if you are a lawyer who's going after this target demographic, then podcasting is a great platform to be on. And then finally, 48% of monthly podcast consumers follow companies and brands on social media compared to just 31% of, uh, of the full U.S. population. So the reason why I want to share this statistic specifically is because as a lawyer who's thinking about starting their own podcast, if you know that a good portion of your listeners are not only going to listen to you on your show, but then are going to go and follow you on social media, right? So 48% of them. Uh, that is a good sign. That's a good thing for you because you're not just uh, catching them on your show, but you're able to get them to go and visit you on your social media platforms, on your website. You're able to extend your reach beyond just this podcast because podcast listeners are more likely to go and follow you on your other platforms, right? So that's a good thing. And Tom, let me know. It's still showing, right? The screen, the slide share still going strong. Yeah, it's, it looks great. Okay. Okay, good. Thanks. <laughs> so we have some statistics. We know a little bit about the popularity of podcasts and how they are increasing in popularity. And actually, a goal of mine is to try to survey uh, the legal profession and try to find out how many lawyer podcasts there are out there, because these stats are for the general public uh, and just general shows. But lawyers are jumping on this bandwagon. They are realizing how important this platform can be. And there are more and more shows being added <laughs> every month, I would say, from what I've seen. So you know a little bit about podcasting, why it's important, but really what matters is when it comes to you and your practice, does it make sense for you and the type of practice that you're building? So what are some reasons why you should start one if, if you're thinking about starting one? 
So as I mentioned before, um, voice is becoming more and more uh, popular. It's becoming um it's becoming one way that people really, that consumers really want to engage with brands and consume their information. And it's mostly because it's very convenient to consume podcasts and other audio uh, files like that, other audio content, because a lot of people listen to podcasts when they are doing something else. So while they're driving or while they're doing the dishes, while they're walking the dog or working out at the gym. Because there's no visual component to it, you don't need to be looking at a screen, which takes you away from doing something else. So it's very convenient to consume this type of content. Again, it's it's for those who want to multitask or, or kind of consume the information while they're doing something else. So that makes it that, that makes people want to listen to shows, knowing that they can do it while doing something else as well. Uh, another reason to start one as a lawyer is, or really as anyone, is because of the ease of communication. So as I mentioned before, a lot of people, a lot of lawyers spend all day writing, whether it's motions or discovery requests or, or con drafting contracts. And the last thing they want to do when they get home is write some more. So many of them kind of shy away from writing blogs, for example, because again, they're just fed up of writing. I know that was some something I had an issue with when I first launched my show. I just was tired of writing all day. I didn't want to do it some more on the weekends or at night when I got home. So for many people, they would prefer to just talk about a specific issue, about uh, a legal matter or um, their practice area. Not only because they don't want to write, but maybe they're just better at communicating verbally. Maybe they feel like they can express themselves better. They can really show their personality if they use audio, if they use their voice as opposed to their words or their or text on a screen. So if you are someone who thinks that uh, you have personality for this and you want to show it, then podcasting is certainly for you. Podcasting, another great reason to start one is because it gives you an opportunity to repurpose your content. So if you happen to have old content, whether it's blog posts, white papers, maybe other presentations that you've given, uh, starting a podcast will give you an, another avenue to reshare that information, to repurpose it and bring it back to life and breathe, breathe new life into it and share it with a whole new audience that might have missed it the first time you put it out there, the first time you published that blog post or posted that presentation somewhere. So this is a great place to repurpose. I think more than anything, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later, one of the main reasons to want to start a podcast is because you, well, actually, let me say it's two main reasons. One, you truly want to build a community online because podcasting will allow you to do that better than most other platforms, I would say. So if you are someone who's interested in building a community, so finding a group of people who will become your listeners, but also become your ambassadors and hopefully ultimately become your clients as well then podcasting is the platform for you. And then the second reason uh, podcasting is so powerful is because it allows you to build your thought leadership amazingly. And we're, I'm going to save that for a little, for the next few slides, right? So we're going to delve into how podcasting helps you establish your thought leadership and why that's important. So anytime I talk about podcasting, uh, Sure, there's definitely a huge emphasis on how it can be used for marketing purposes. Um, you're getting your name out there. You're you're getting your your voice out there. You're sharing what you know. It's great for marketing, and that's fine and dandy. But I think above anything, podcasting allows you to build a brand for yourself. So then you are not at the mercy of whether you're on the first page or of Google or not, because through a podcast, when people are uh, listening to you. If you're consistently delivering good information and again, building that community that I mentioned earlier, when it's time for that person to hire a lawyer, there's going to be no doubt in their mind that you are the person for the job. So it's not a matter of I'm not on the first page of Google. No one's ever going to find me. That's not a that's not a concern when you're podcasting because these people found you through your podcast and they are building a relationship with you that way. So when it comes to podcasting, above anything, building a brand is what matters. Okay, so how are you going to build this brand and make this podcast work for you and bring in leads, bring in clients and, and just build your over, overall name and brand awareness? Well, it is through thought leadership. So this is really where the magic happens and the beauty of podcasting. It allows you to build your expertise or build awareness 
in what it is that you're an expert at and build your thought leadership because people want to work with those who are experts in their fields or who um, are thought leaders in their field, right? They don't want just any old family law attorney. They want the, the best family law attorney that they know of that has helped them immensely. So we're talking about thought leadership and podcasting. So what is thought leadership in general? Thought leadership is the idea that a lawyer or a firm has become recognized as an authority in his, her, or their respective field and is sought after for that reason. See, this is why I love this, because again, we're not haggling over SEO or links or first page of Google or, or pay-per-click or any of that kind of stuff. Because if you are a thought leader and you can establish yourself as a thought leader, as, um, as the lawyer in whatever practice area you're in, that is what attracts clients to you. So let's take a quick pause for a second and uh, think about, or I would encourage you to think about what it is that you want to become a thought leader in. And the reason I put this little pause in here is because I really want it to sink in before we move forward. Because as, as we move forward and go through some of the exercises, I want you to be thinking about what it is that you want to build your brand awareness in, your brand name and recognition. And I want to even challenge you to try to narrow it down. So let's say you are a family law attorney. And you're thinking, okay, so my brand is that of a family law attorney. That's, that's what I want people to know about me. Well, I want to challenge you a little bit because as we all know, there are a lot of lawyers out there and there are a lot of family law lawyers out there. So again, the question is, what is going to differentiate you? Because whatever that is, whatever that factor is, you're going to carry that out or carry it through your podcast. So not only do you want to be a family law attorney, but let's say you want to niche down and focus specifically on um, father's rights, right? So I know I know a family law attorney who has niched down and focused specifically on helping fathers with custody, with child support, and she really just wants to focus on fathers. That's her niche. That's her thing. So think about what it is that you want your thing to be. What is your brand going to be built on? And obviously, this goes into a whole discussion of branding and figuring out what your brand stands for. But just for today's purposes. Think about what it is that you would want to bring to a show. If you had your own show, what do you want people to know about you? So we're going to carry that out as we talk about how podcasting will help you achieve those goals that you have for your brand and for your law practice. So the reason why podcasting is such a great platform to help you build your thought leadership and build that community that I referenced earlier is because it is a very personal and intimate type of platform. So unlike with a blog where, again, it is text on a screen, and even though you, you can try to insert as much personality as you want to into it, it's not going to be the same as if someone hears your voice. So for example, you can hear my voice right now, right? You can maybe tell what type of person I am, potentially. You can tell my personality. You can tell if I'm a very serious person or if, I, if I'm more lighthearted. And the reason, that, uh, the reason you're able to do that is because it's a personal and intimate platform. You are essentially whispering in people's ears, right? They have their headphones in or, or they're listening to you through the speakers. Regardless, you are in their ears. You are in their brain. <laughs> um, and you're able to build a relationship that way. And because podcasts are, uh, well, if you're doing them right, you're consistent about it, right? So you're publishing every week, maybe every other week. I wouldn't necessarily recommend just once a month, but the, there are podcasts out there that are once a month and they're doing a great job. But assuming you're consistent and you're showing up every single week, believe me when I say that you begin to build a community of people who anticipate the episode being published. They look forward to the day when a new show comes out so they can listen, so they can spend time with you. And I know it seems hard to imagine because for the most part, it's just you speaking into a microphone and you don't know who's on the other end. You don't know who's listening. But when you start getting engagement from those who listen, you start to discover that, man, people really are listening. This is resonating with people. I'm helping people that I've never even met. And it's because it's personal, because it's intimate, and because it's voice-driven, it is very difficult to fake anything 
through podcasting for a prolonged period of time, right? So I, you can maybe fool someone once or twice, but your true personality comes out eventually. And that's what dry, that's what draws people to you. So it's a very personal and intimate platform. Another reason podcasting is powerful for lawyers is because it allows you to build relationships uh, not only with the listeners, so that's very important. Again, these people who are listening and tuning in will really become advocates for you. I have, uh, there are many times where I've put out episodes, I've published episodes for my own show where I thought, you know what, I don't even know who's listening. And granted, you can you can see numbers, you can see how many people are actually listening. Um, but a lot of part of me thinks, who even cares? But you know what, I did a great job on this episode. I'm going to put it out there. It's valuable. I'm putting it out there. And lo and behold, I get tweets, I get messages on LinkedIn, I get messages on Facebook from listeners, some I know and some that I've never met before, who reach out saying, thank you for this episode. It was full of great content. We appreciate it. And they share it out with their friends as well. And that's kind of how it works. It builds from there. But because they've reached out to me, they've kind of taken that first step to build that relationship with me. And I, and, and I in turn, do that with them as well. I continue the relationship. I build connections with these listeners that at one point were strangers, but now they feel like they know me because they listen to me every single week. And again, this can happen for you. But along with building relationships with listeners, through a podcast, you're actually able to build um, connections with other people in the industry that you never thought you'd be able to before you had a podcast. So what that means is, because assuming you have a show where you're able to have guests on, you're able to reach out and invite that guest on your show, assuming it makes sense. I mean, that person um, would be a great guest uh, depending on the subject matter that you're talking about. But you're able to reach out to someone that you don't know, but maybe you've admired for a very long time and tell them, I have this podcast. I would love to have you on as a guest. And more likely than not, that person will say yes. Because on the other end of things, as a guest, people are seeing the value of being on shows and promoting themselves and whatever it is that they're working on. So people are, are open to being podcast guests. But from your end, you are making that connection with someone that you thought was out of reach at one point. So you're able to start building your network and expanding your sphere of influence through your show because now you have a platform to, to offer someone else, right? It's not just reaching out and saying, hey, you want to grab lunch to someone you just don't know. Now it's more of, hey, come on my show. Let me offer you some value. Let me promote you in front of my audience. Uh, and in turn, you start building that relationship. So it helps you expand your sphere of influence. Uh, and that kind of speaks to the next slide. If you're following along, uh, expand your network of influence. So aside from connecting with the listeners, along with connecting with uh, potential guests, as the host, you are elevating your brand awareness. You are being seen or being regarded as the expert because you are talking about your subject matter every single week, right? From a different perspective, obviously. But you start to build that awareness in your name that you are an influencer, that you know what you're talking about, that you are connected to the right people. Uh, and that just increases your influence beyond just you going to one networking event in person and talking to a few people. With, with a podcast, you are talking to potentially hundreds and thousands of people at a time. So you can see how that kind of starts expanding your, um, again, I know I'm going to abuse this word, but expand your influence. Podcasting, as I've been saying all along, allows you to showcase your expert knowledge. So going back to what we, going back to the little exercise where I asked you to think about what it is that you want to niche down to, what do you want to become known for? That is what you're going to be talking about every single week, assuming it's a weekly show uh, from different angles. So let's say you decide um, father's rights or maybe just family law in general is going to be your topic for your show. You are going to start reaching out to not only, well, you're going to start reaching out to people uh, who can come on and be guests and support your subject matter. So not only are you going to talk about uh, not only are you going to do solo episodes where you're talking about family law, you're showcasing what you know, maybe you're dissecting a little aspect of the practice area, uh, but you're also going to reach out to other people who can come in and help support what you're talking about and make you look good as well. So you're going to talk, you're going to bring in financial advisors, maybe you're going to bring in other lawyers, you're going to talk to mediators, uh, psychologists or psychiatrists, anything that could help a potential family law client. That's who you're going to bring onto your show. And even though you are relying on their expertise, 
to talk about whatever it is that they're talking about. Believe me when I say it reflects it reflects really well on you as well as a host. And people start uh, attributing what this guest is talking about to you as well. So you will build your expert knowledge just by virtue of having a great guest on. But even if you never have a guest, even if you decide you want to go at this alone, you want to do a solo show where it's just you, uh, again, because you are talking about family law every week and building that um, library of information, people will start associating your name with family law and they'll start seeing you as an expert because you know what you're talking about. You're talking about it every single week. <laughs> so and it's an amazing way to establish your thought leadership in whatever space you decide to uh, revolve this podcast around. Another great uh, um, benefit of starting a podcast, and you'd be surprised how much it actually helps, is it will help you improve your public speaking skills. So I became, um, I thought I was a pretty good listener before I started my show, but I've become a phenomenal active listener because of my show, because I'm forced to listen to what my guest is saying. And I have a, the type of show that I have guests on. So I'm, I'm forced to listen and actually ask questions that matter. And I think a lot of us tend to fall into this trap of wanting to ask questions um, or thinking too far ahead that we're missing what someone's saying. But being a podcast host will force you to listen, to ask the right questions, which actually carries out into maybe your depositions, or you'll notice that you're asking much better questions. And you just become a more confident speaker because you're doing it all the time. So if you're a lawyer who thinks that you can benefit from just being a little bit, I guess, improving your public speaking skills, becoming a stronger communicator, a podcast will do that for you as well. And ultimately, this all affects how you're marketing yourself and how you're building your practice. So one of the best reasons to start a podcast or, or what this podcast will do for you is it will allow you to help others. And I think at the end of the day, that's what lawyers want to do. I mean, sure, we want to market ourselves. We want to bring in clients. We want to make all the money in the world. But the reason we even became lawyers is to help others, right? To provide value. And the beauty of a podcast is you are, if you're putting out the right type of content where it's not salesy, where it's not too self-promotional, you are going to put out valuable information that's going to help someone in dire need. So someone who... um is super stressed out and overwhelmed because they're contemplating a divorce uh, or they just got fired and they don't know what employment rights they have, they are searching for answers. So if you are that person who is providing those answers to them via podcast, they will build, a, uh, build an allegiance to you before they even meet you, right? So you are responding to their questions, to their concerns. You're helping them. So again, when the time comes for them to actually make that move and hire someone, they are going to hire you because you've already helped them. So it comes full circle. Not only are you able to help, which is the reason why we became lawyers in the first place, but it does benefit you from a business development and marketing standpoint because the one, the person who helps the most wins. That's how it is in this day, this day and age because there's so much out information out there in the world that people have no problem. I mean, potential customers have no problem going to Google to try to find the answer themselves. So if they're searching through answers and you are searching for answers and you show up, you provide those answers, you start building that relationship with them, everyone benefits. You help them and eventually they hire you, right? Or at least they become part of your community. They refer a family, they refer a friend. That's kind of how it works. So I want to share with you some case studies and then we'll leave some time for Q&A. Um, by case studies, I mean, what are some, uh, what are lawyers doing when it comes to podcasts? What are some podcasts out there hosted by lawyers that are doing really well? Uh, what are the formats? How, how's it all going down? So I will describe what's on this screen for those who can't see the slide share right now. But I've picked out just a few examples of podcasts hosted by lawyers. And again, there are many out there. For the most part, you can find podcasts on every type of legal, for every type of legal practice or different legal subject matter. There's something out there. And that's not to dissuade you from starting your own because you can always put your own twist to it, your own spin to it. So that's not a problem. But I want to show you what's out there. So the first one on the screen is called the Inclusive Education Project. And this is actually a client of mine. So 
They are two special education lawyers here in Southern California, and they um, have a nonprofit that they started this podcast to uh, in relation with, and they are killing it. They talk about um, so they talk about teachers and schools and and parents and what all of them can do to make sure that students living with disabilities have um, a better, I guess, uh, a better life, essentially, right? And a better uh, experience at school where the schools are more inclusive. So they started a podcast about that. That's what they practice. And they've been getting, and granted, it's only been about six months that they've started it, but they have been garnering attention from their podcast and they have listeners reaching out, uh, emailing them, some of them wanting to work with them, others just reaching out to, again, talk to them, start this conversation, which is pretty amazing if you think about it, because you don't usually get random people reaching out to you as a lawyer, (laughs) but through a podcast, you will get random people reaching out to you in relation to your podcast. So they are doing a great job. They have a weekly show uh, and they are talking about talking about these topics that parents and teachers and school administrators would be interested in. So those are the types of people who are tuning in. And guess what? Those are the types of clients that they actually want. Uh, So theirs is more practice area specific. Uh, At the bottom, you'll see another example. It's called the Happy Lawyer Project. So this is by my friend, Akuma Moronu, and hers is actually not practice area specific. Hers is more general. And what she actually talks about is how to be a happier lawyer. So um, she interviews lawyers who have established careers that they absolutely love. She talks about lawyers who left the practice of law and they found happiness elsewhere. But hers is not about the nitty gritty of how to run a practice or, or a specific practice area. Um, hers is more general. It's broader because that's just the brand that she wanted to build. It all goes back to what your brand is going to be. On the upper right, there's another show called Lawyers Gone Ethical with Megan Xavier. So this is another show that is more practice area specific, but it's not consumer facing. It's lawyer facing. So this specific lawyer is an ethics attorney and she works with lawyers. She represents lawyers. So her show is about the ethics of law. And she does it in a fun way. She does it in a way that doesn't scare lawyers out of doing whatever it is that they want to do, but more of um, it's more of an educational show where she informs them of what the rules are and how they can be applied to help them grow their business. So hers is practice area related, but it's for lawyers, not for just the general public. And um, kind of moving along to the next slide, some more examples of shows that lawyers are, are creating out there. Um, some lawyers actually start with one show and end up loving it so much that they start another. And many lawyers have multiple shows. So some are practice-related, some are just interest-based that are a little bit more general. But regardless of what you decide you want to choose, so let's say you're thinking, I want to do this, what should I make my show about? Uh, Should it be about what I'm practicing or should it be something else? Because I have a hobby that I'm really interested in. So maybe I can make a show about that. It doesn't matter which one you choose. And we can always talk about how to make that decision. Regardless of what you choose, you are building that brand awareness in yourself. Right? So uh, on the screen, I'm showing an example by this one lawyer. His name is Jim Hacking, and he's actually an immigration attorney. And he has one show. He's had a show for a few years called The Maximum Lawyer podcast. And it's co-hosted with another lawyer. And they actually talk about general um, business development, marketing, legal practice, management, that those types of uh, topics. So that's lawyer facing. Then recently, he started another show that's called the Immigration Answers Show. So this one was more practice related. He wanted to start... Um, I guess he loved podcasting so much that he wanted to create a show about immigration, which is, again, related to his practice. Both of those shows are increasing his visibility in the community because he is putting it out there. He's building that name recognition for himself. And he chose to do both, but he started off only with a non-practice related show, right? But he still built that name recognition for himself. It all comes down to who it is that you're trying to help, who it is that you're trying to target, and what kind of brand you're trying to build. I have, um, I guess I left some time for a little exercise, but um, I think maybe instead of the exercise, we can take some questions because the exercise was just going to relate to, uh, I guess, encouraging people to try to think through what show they would want to start and then asking questions. But Tom, I don't know if you want to jump in and if you have any questions or anyone in the audience has questions, I'd love to answer them. 
But in, oh yeah. Yeah, no, definitely, Nicole. I mean, I've I've been furiously taking notes because, as you know, obviously, I'm I'm a podcaster too, <laughs> and, and, <There> <laughs> and yeah, I mean, really fantastic information and ideas. Um, many of which I, I know that I, I haven't even implemented myself. So I, I really appreciate the, the know-how. Um, of course. well, how has your experience been with podcasting? How about that? Let's hear from you. I agree on a lot of the points that you mentioned, like, um, like one of the collateral benefits of doing it is, you know, getting to talk to really interesting, knowledgeable people like yourself and learn about um lots of different things that I'm interested in, you know? Yeah. And then being able to share that with people and get their feedback and what they think and 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 you're right, there is kind of a like uh it kind of rubs off a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Where people like uh, Yeah. Um and of course I, I have great people to refer them to if they if they really want to learn learn more because I've talked to the experts in the field. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that's great. And it does um, as you mentioned, kind of position you as somebody who's who's a thought leader if you want to focus on uh, you know the area that that you that you put your business around. Yeah. Um, and then you become kind of the the go-to person for that. Right. And I think just to kind of tie it all with a bow because we did start off by talking about content marketing and just how to use the show to to uh, market yourself. And although there are I don't want to get into the intricacies of how it works, but this show is what becomes um, almost like your your business card, your calling card, and this is what you're putting out there to attract people. So every week when you have a show or every time you publish a new episode, you are going to share it out on social media, on all the platforms, so LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you, whatever platforms you're on. But you're going to start this cycle where you're promoting the show during the week, Um on the week, uh, on Fridays or whenever you decide to send out your newsletter, assuming you have an email newsletter, you're going to include that in there as well. So this one piece of content starts kind of branching off and you start promoting it on all the other different platforms where you're creating one thing, you're promoting it on other platforms, and you're eventually bringing more people in because you're raising awareness. So it's this continual cycle of creating content, promoting it, engaging with people, and then bringing them back into the show and hopefully on the show itself. So during each episode, you are giving the listeners some kind of call to action. So whether that's to go sign up for your email, um, to go visit your website, but you're getting them into your atmosphere, right? Into your ecosystem through your show. You know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, um, and this is way before my time too, (laughs) but there used to be um, when they would run serial movies at the movie theaters, like, I guess back in the forties or something kind of where Indiana Jones came from and they would leave a hook at the end of each serial movie, which would tie it into like some kind of cliffhanger where, (laughs) you know, the next, you know, the next movie would kind of um, answer that question. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So that'd be like a compelling way to, to put podcasts together. But do you mind if I ask you a few specific questions? Because like, so you know, w- w- one question is is naming a podcast because mm-hmm. a lot of times people name it with kind of a fanciful um, name, like um, you know, lawyers gone ethical, um, where where it's not like it's not just you know Zavea Law podcast. It's right, right. So, how would you suggest people come up with um, like a, a name like that, which would interest people that they're trying to target, but at the same time you know, um, makes sense. Right, right. So I think you actually answered it yourself. It's it's really what's going to interest people. So I'm a fan of um, having some kind of wit in there, but not going overboard because that title, you still want it to have, well, you still want it to describe what the show is about, right? So you want to have important words in there that talk about what the show is because, again, when people are first searching and they come across it, they want to know what the show is covers just from the title for the most part, unless you're going to have some kind of slogan underneath. But mm-hmm. um, so I'm a fan of making sure that the right words are in there. So her show is about ethics. She put that in there, but she had a little bit of fun, fun with it. It wasn't just ethics law or something, you know, that's, yeah. that's very straight to the point. But like I said, my preference is to have some kind of ha- have a little bit of fun with the title, because I get you do want to bring 
people in who read the title, know what the show is about, and then feel like, okay, this could be a show that I'm actually interested in. It's not going to be dry. Uh, there's going to yeah. be some interest. Yeah. And, and, and also get a sense of your personality, right? Exactly. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't name it something that's, that doesn't describe what the show is about at all. Cause then right. people are going to be confused and have no idea. And I, and I don't know about including your name in the title. So is that if she went with her last name and just said Xavier law podcast, no one's going to know what that is. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, let's see. Another specific question is, you know, there's a lot of options in terms of distribution channels, like where you could put your podcast and people can find it and listen to it. Um, yeah. You know, iTunes being, I guess, the number one place. But can you can you, you know, name a few benefits to, to doing that, how you would do it? And if there's any other platforms that make sense? Sure. So the mechanics of how you would actually um submit it to these platforms. Let's start there because it's mostly a one-time thing. So every time you have a new show, depending on what media host you're using, so the media host is where your file is actually going to live, um, you can set it up. You can set up your account in a way where every time you have a new episode, it's automatically going to push it to all the various directories or all the various podcast players that you tell it to go to. So it's not like every single week you have to submit it manually to all these different platforms. So you're going to tell your media host, okay, I wanted to submit it to Apple Podcasts. I want it to go to Stitcher. So that's another big one that you definitely want to be there because that's a big Android uh, podcast. Uh, Google Play is a big one. Uh, TuneIn is becoming very popular as well. So you tell your media host, I use Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N. You tell it, this is, I want it to go here every time I publish a new episode. So every time you upload to your media host, it, pushes it out to all those podcast players. And the more you can get, I mean, you definitely want to get the big ones, which are the ones we just listed. Uh, and again, because it's only a one-time thing, there's no, there's no reason not to do it. Uh, but another place you want to actually also have your show is on your website. So whether it's your law firm website or a separate website you start to st that you decide to launch for the show specifically, you want to have it on your website as well, because you do want to have people come to your website. And if it's fresh content every week, that's fresh SEO, great keywords, great for Google purposes. So you want it on your website as well. Hopefully that answered the question. <laughs> yeah. And how do you feel about um, video versus audio? Like having a, you know, one where it's the two of you on Skype talking versus um, just, just pure audio. Just video, uh, uh, just audio. Um, so I have, I'm a little bit of a purist when it comes to this, because I think that unless you are, su if you're trying to do a video interview and you're just going to extract that audio, I think that it takes a, a highly aware person to, um, who's doing this video interview to not do something that doesn't translate into audio. So a lot of times there are nonverbal cues that people do that people communicate via video that just don't make sense on audio and they don't notice it because they're, because they can see each other. <laughs> but those who are listening to this through podcasts are, are going to miss it. It's not going to make sense and it's not going to connect with the audience. Okay. So I think unless you are hyper aware of the fact that you're doing things that won't translate, um, you should just keep the audio separate and just record audio or or be very aware of it while you're doing it on video. Cool. Um, one other, and uh, <laughs> it's okay how you answer this. I won't take it personally. But okay. um, so, we, so we tend to do this this show where it's like first air, it's live, right? And people mm -hmm. are listening in. Versus, we put it, you know, straight to 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 tape and then send it out to the different distributors. W what do you think is a better way to approach it? Uh, I don't think I understood what you mean. What do you mean you do it live and then? And well, then... like right. Well, like right now, it's the teleconference, and people have actually called in, and they're listening in live right now while we're talking. Okay. And and we're also recording it at the same time so that it could have a second life. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, on Twitter and and then through, you know, various channels. So, do you think that's a good approach, or do you think that just sending like does it does it um, set up bad expectations? that way, like for people that might regularly listen in? Uh, no, no, I think it's fine. I, I think especially because you mentioned that when you do re-release it or when you do release it, actually, I should say you clean it up. So I think that's completely fine. Um, and again, it's just getting more bite at the, bites at the apple. 
I do think that a lot of people aren't going to be able to tune in live. So you might not have a big audience listening live anyways. And the goal is to capture them when they, they want to listen to it, which is through the podcast on their own time. So I don't think there's an issue there. Some will show up now. Many will listen to it later. As long as you clean it up and make it more, uh, make it appropriate for that platform, you're okay. And by that, I mean, remove all the parts where I'm saying, hey, can you see my screen right now right and <laughs> my ums and uh -huh, yeah right, and mine too and mine too i'm still pretty bad at it <laughs> so but that's a good question yeah what, what resources would be good places for people like the people listening in today and that'll listen to this in the future that want to launch their own uh podcast where, where should they turn to get kind of like the step-by-steps and know how to to do that yeah. So, you know what? A great place. And obviously I'm going to refer people to my website, but I have a page that has, um, it's a start here page and it has a lot of resources on not just podcasting, but videos as well. Uh, but that is Abood Media, A-B-B-O-U-D and then media.com forward slash start here, or you can just go to the main page and find it. Um, but I have um, resources for those who want to start podcasts. Uh, I have a blog where I'm always blogging about podcasting as well. But I think if you want to, uh, even if you Google how to start a podcast, or I'm sorry, if you go to YouTube and search how to start a podcast, you will find a lot of videos. And not all of them are great, but you'll get a better sense of how to actually go about the technicalities and um, what what gear equipment you need. But uh, I'm available. I'm, you know what? I'm going to give my email. If anyone wants to email me and just chat about this, I am open to it. I'm happy to help. Um, my email is Nicole at abudmedia.com. Sweet. I, I know this is, it's a wealth of information and a lot of it, you know, needs to be unpacked. So I'm sure that plenty of people will be following up with you about that. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I know we kept it a little bit general because when we get into the mechanics of it, it can become a little overwhelming uh, well, through a one-hour presentation. So we can chat about it another time. Well, thank you, Nicole. I, I loved getting to know you better and learning, learning more about how we can use podcasting to you know, increase our business and our law practice. Oh, thanks for having me, Tom. I'm happy to do this and talk about it. So here's that question I wanted to hit you with that I mentioned, <laughs> warned you about before. Okay. So what's a place on your bucket list that, and, and I know you're Gen Y, so like ton of time mm -hmm. to uh, pursue this, but what's a place on your bucket list you have never visited uh, that you would like to and why? Yeah. So actually, so aside from the fact that I'm, I guess, a little bit younger and still have a while, hopefully, <laughs> I just haven't really gotten a chance to travel to many places in my life. Um, so a lot of places are on my bucket list. If I had to choose one, I think, um, and this is not even that remarkable, but Greece would be a great place. Like, I really want to go to Greece. I want to see the ruins. I just, it looks gorgeous from all the pictures I've seen. But Greece is definitely on my bucket list. And I am hoping I can make it a reality and check that, check it off my list within the next two years. Yeah, it sounds like that's pretty awesome. And you can't go wrong with Greece, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, it looks like it, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay, so I want to thank Nicole again uh, for sharing her thoughts and time with us today. Um, and just one last uh, thing, I, I know you mentioned it before, but how can people keep in touch with you? What's your Twitter handle? Oh, sure. So it's my full name. So it's Nicole Abood, N-I-C-O-L-E-A-B-B-O-U-D. Uh, that's Twitter. And then the website is just aboodmedia.com. Perfect. Well, thank you, Nicole, for being my guest today. Thank you for having me. And thank you all for attending our teleconference using podcasting to build your brand and grow your law practice with Nicole Abood. Again, this is Tom Martin. I want to thank GLSA for sponsoring. Remember, joining GLSA is just a good way for solos and small firms to increase their business. Check us out at glsaonline.org. See you next month. Take care, Nicole. Oh, okay. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I was like, that's it. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Bye, Bye. Ramon. Bye.